Welcome to another edition of the NCBI podcast. I'm June Tinsley, Head of Communications and Advocacy with NCBI. And tonight I've got the pleasure of having a chat with Barry and Katie Ryan, who are here to tell us all about their uh, family and particularly their um, daughter, Maggie. So thank you very much for having the time to have a chat with me. Um, and no for the benefit of our listeners, I, I always ask our guests to um, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Sure. Um, I'm Barry and my wife Katie and actually two of our daughters uh, Maggie and Rosie both of them have uh, been diagnosed with the same eye condition which is uh, chromatopsia um, um, Maggie is three going on four mm-hmm. and Rosie is two in April, uh, April as well so it's a uh, busy time yeah Excellent, and it's it, 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 they're a fabulous age as well because uh, they're you can have such decent decent conversations with them now as well. And yeah, exactly. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. Rosie's just started walking, so she's into absolutely everything now, which is great fun. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, it, enjoy all those phases. It, it's very exciting. Um, and I, I suppose the, how did you get connected with NCBI? As you said, obviously both the, both the girls have had this mm-hmm. eye condition. Um, yeah. Was it through the hospital or was it directly through our services or how was it done? So um, it was originally through the hospital when we had got our original diagnosis with Maggie. That was when she was about one and a half. Um, it was through them that we we got in touch with Hillary from NCBI. OK. And, uh, and then obviously when Rosie came along, it was a similar situation. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. was. I mean, it was fairly early doors with um, with Maggie. Um, we kind of noticed there was uh, there was something going on with uh, with her eyes mm-hmm. kind of early early on. It was in the middle of COVID as well, which didn't make it any easier as well with uh, with hospital appointments and things like that. Um, but we had, um, I think it was originally it was probably after the, f- the first or second um, second visit as well when uh, when the consultant thought it might be nystagmus. Yeah. Um, that he'd originally put us in touch with uh, with Hillary um, in the ECLO service, um, and from there, we kind of um, we've been dealing with with uh, Hillary since then. as well. was really yeah. 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 Um, and so that's how we originally were were putting put in touch, and then obviously right. when when Rosie came along, we were we had done all of the the kind of genetic testing and everything as well um, for uh, for Maggie. So we kind of knew the do the percentages and things like that as well but um yeah katie was uh was pregnant at the time when we got yeah. the the first diagnosis as well so yeah. we were kind of uh not expecting it but knew it was on the is on the car possibility yeah the possibility yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly um and i suppose for the benefit of our listeners um hillary is one of the ECLOs, which stands for eye clinic liaison officers who yeah. are based in different hospitals many of them are in in dublin um Hillary works out of the, the Temple Street Hospital, obviously we're uh, connected yeah, with children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then there's other ones in The Matter and down in Cork and Waterford Hospitals as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and I suppose um, Hillary and, and all the ECLO roles are really designed to kind of be a, essentially a listening ear and to kind of help you yeah. come to terms with the, the, the diagnosis and what it means for your family and things like mm-hmm. that. So how did you find that? And to be honest, we found it an absolute godsend um, because it was the first, both the girls, they were the first in our family, either side of our families who had a really any kind of eye condition. So understandably, it was quite a shock and took a long time for us to kind of understand what, um, what, what that would really mean for the girls. So it was great to have 
um, Hillary there to be able to just kind of run through like possibilities, things that might help as they were growing up, um, services and supports that were available as they kind of were going through the different stages. Like we're, um, Maggie's kind of just into her first year of um, preschool. So it was great to kind of go in get a quick assessment of Maggie's eyesight and just to kind of get a judge of, OK, she might be better sitting closer in the cl- in the front of the class or, you know, it was great to be able to just let the teachers know then, listen, this is what, you know, have a report to be able to give them so they had a better understanding as well. So, well, yeah, no, it's, it's been brilliant, to be honest, having that support system there. It's this kind of knowing that you're you can pick up the phone to somebody as well. Yeah. You're never you're never going to be at the able to pick up a, a mobile phone to a consultant out, yeah. out, you know and and talk through what might be happening but mm. the likes of the of of hillary and in, in her role was able to say sort out with, um mm. to get an assessment before school so this the school themselves could have a physical document mm-hmm. that they have as well so they can understand it a bit more it's it's one thing kind of t- i guess telling the teacher at the start of a school year but they've had this there's 20 20 odd other children as well in the yeah. class um so it's it'll be easily forgotten as well if it's if it's not I don't know very noticeable or something as well you know yeah yeah and I suppose one of the other pieces of feedback we get from people who link in with our our ECLO service is around the the fact that when you're going in to see your consultant which obviously doesn't happen that often so yeah. you kind of want to make the most out of your short time yeah. as a consultant yeah. and yet with the best will in the world they're going to speak more medical jargon than any of us absolutely. put together absolutely absolutely <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, having an echo there to li- put it more in layman's terms certainly yes yeah. is, is the feedback we've got and it, mm-hmm. it has that been the same case for yourselves yeah definitely yeah it is there's an awful lot of terminology if you're not if you're not used to it um mm-hmm. and, and again you're nearly as you're speaking to to so many different people um mm-hmm. as one when he's Gone for initial um, from the initial uh, consultation as well. Then Hillary, Hillary was there, and you know you might have someone who refer to this clinic, or you need to meet this person. And then you've kind of people throughout the process are in a multidisciplinary team, and you turn um, and you can get get to the point. So okay, well, who are you, and why am I talking it's, to yeah, you? Can get What's next? Overwhelming content. Yeah. Um, as well, so it's it is important to have. Like some someone that that kind of knows the the inside track as well. They can yes. tell you how things work because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have had a breeze otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you do need someone that is is kind of in it on a day to day basis as well, yeah. as opposed to say I used to say seeing the consultant, you know, once every six months or once every year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things. Well, I mean, we we found it was particularly difficult during COVID. But if anyone is going into mm-hmm. consultants to have two people in there as well, two, um, yeah. two adults in there, yeah, um, yeah. either person will pick up on something something different or, yeah. or have different questions as well that someone else wouldn't have thought of mm-hmm. as well. So it is it's, it it's one thing I would, I would say if, if you can and um, if you can try and bring another have two adults in the in the room with a consultant. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because as, mm. as you rightly say, you can hear nearly bounce the information you receive off each other because you're going to mm. absolutely yeah. hear something different. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and take it from that. Mm. Um, and and I suppose in in terms of the the diagnosis that the, the girls have, yeah. um, tell us about the the impact that will have on their vision into the long term. Is it something that will, is likely to deteriorate? Will they need additional? 
supports as they go through school and things like that? Or is that unclear at this stage? Yeah, yeah. it's it was one of the things it was one of the things initially it's um, it's it's extremely worrying when you get any sort of diagnosis mm-hmm. as well. And yeah, it was instinctively you kind of look at the, the worst case scenarios and mm-hmm. oh, my God, they're, yeah. they're going to lose their their vision yeah. entirely as well. And um, for for both Maggie and Rosie, it's a condition that's not degenerative. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, you know, it's. You know, it's hard to know what what way it's going to limit them as well. It's yeah. We've been told by by other people as well that if you're you're kind of born with a condition, um, you adapt to it. And it's kind of all you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's uh, if it happens later in life, then it can be more of an adjustment um to get used to it as well. And it's it's interesting to see how both of them kind of navigate the, the yeah. world and um, and figure stuff out by themselves as well. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you kind of have to let them let them follow their lead a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah. as well. But yeah, it's not degenerative, but it will be like things like particularly bright daylight and, and something yeah. like that as well. So it's uh, a chromatopsy is it doesn't um, they they can't filter out um, the sunlight. Yeah, so they're uh, photo, yeah photosensitive. Photosensitive, yeah. yeah. So, so it's uh, so it's a lot of dark sunglasses and you mm-hmm. know avoiding yes yeah, all that sort of stuff as well to manage to to try and manage it as well, but make it a bit more easier. But um, other than that, they just. Um, both of them are, are flying it mm-hmm. um, against school. When, when they're going, trying to get out and about, um, kind of, as you say, the daylight or even potential shadows can kind of mm. be a challenge for depth perception, things like that. Exactly, trying to yes. navigate yeah. down steps and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. it's just building up their own confidence and strategies exactly. to, to work around that. Um, yes, exactly. And yeah. certainly being born with the condition, it, it is. It's their normal, essentially, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Even um, with the eye condition, they're um, color deficient as well. So even seeing things in a gradient to- of tones rather than in, say, you know, red, blue, green, all, all normal, all the usual colors that um, people would identify by, they have um, a different way of seeing it. And, and it's great to be already able to see one things that they can kind of pick at red and black. Are a couple of things that they'll be like, oh, they can kind of pick those colours out. So yeah, no, it's it's great as parents to see like it's um just seeing the world so completely differently. So yeah. It can be very it is it is it's easy to jump to the worst case scenario as mm-hmm. well and and uh they kind of have to look look beyond that that it's not no, the, the child isn't a diagnosis kind of thing. It's not so it's, it's yeah, like yeah. part of them, but it doesn't define yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And th- their future is as bright as anybody else's at the end. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's, um, and have you met other parents in a similar situation or have the children met other children in similar situations yet? Or is it too early? Yeah, it's a bit early. Yeah, we haven't yet. Yeah. I was going to say, we blame COVID with a lot of that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. as well and, and coming out of it. Um, so we're, we're kind of just... For a lot, a lot part of the lockdown, it was just the three of us, um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that sort of things as well. So it was a little bit of, you know, kind of shielding from the world a little bit as well. Anyway, regardless yeah. of that, um, yeah. but yeah, it's, it takes a long time to. Well, it took me a long time to to mm-hmm. kind of get used to the get used to the idea of it. Um, yeah, as well. So it's yeah, it's it's a difficult time, but um, it's like like you have to kind of allow yourself to be overwhelmed and it will happen and it's yeah. you know it's normal and all the rest of it mm-hmm. as well so to feel uh feel any kind of disappointment or anything or fear for the future mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. and i suppose 
um, Hillary is obviously there to, to be a resource, not only to the girls, but to yourself yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Delighted to hear that that, that has worked out um, yeah. to the point that now you're fundraising for NCBI. Tell us oh, about yeah. that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, the the Dublin City Marathon last year, um, in October. Right. Uh, well, yeah. So we decided again early on with try and do a bit of fundraising for the NCBI, um, and Joanna got um, uh, was in touch with us for further fundraising that we can do a um, kind of a targeted fundraising for the ECLO service, um, for for kind of projects that they were working on um that Hillary yeah. and her team are, are working on so um yeah we did uh it did really well about three and a half thousand um for fundraising for it as well so it's uh it's been put to good use exactly <laughs> yeah thank you very much um, did it take much training and prep or are you a bit of a runner anyway um no, it was a good bit <laughs> it was a good bit in it yeah it was a lot of training as well. a lot of uh early mornings and that kind of thing as well for, mm-hmm. yeah early morning sore legs and all that sort of stuff as well but yeah <laughs> i was very happy to see the end of it <laughs> <laughs> so you're not tempted to do it this year then no <laughs> i signed up for it again um they kind of, they, they yeah, absolutely yeah. they hook you in <laughs> oh yeah you've done it now you can have a guaranteed entry into next year but mm-hmm. it's like the week later as well so yeah I'm, I'm hooked in again so we'll yeah. see if we can we can do a bit more fundraising this year so. <laughs> well <laughs> thank no you very much in advance definitely <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll no certainly promote any GoFundMe pages that you have uh, <laughs> yeah that's it that. shaking so. down as many people as yeah. I can <laughs> fair play to you fair play to you um and I suppose just to, to conclude um is there any one piece of advice that you'd give to another parent whose child has been diagnosed with a sight loss condition? Um, mine would be, I suppose, to just take your time and like get comfortable with it yourself before, um, as like it'll be different to say it was different times for even between ourselves when we we're like, okay, so this is, this is the new norm kind of thing going forward and coming to terms with it and kind of knowing that there's help and support there whenever you're ready. Yeah, that was a big one. I keep records and dates of yeah. of everything that that mm-hmm. um, as I will be continuing to see asked as well. To, oh, when did you do this appointment? When did you do that appointment? So I keep records of uh, as much as I can. Cause it mm-hmm. can be every six months and follow up and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things as well. But yeah, it's uh, there is and there is support and people out there to talk to that will help you um, help you and the and the kids get um, get whatever help that they need. I think that's very practical advice in fairness about just keeping a, a log and an entry just to mm. for you to to reflect on the information you received mm, and then yeah. also to see the girls progress against between appointments and things like mm. that it's a it's a good advice mm. um and I suppose Katie as you rightly say um everybody except uh, kind of processes things differently yeah things, yeah, yeah. And to know that supports are there when they're ready. And that's yeah. the key bit, isn't it? Yeah. Just when you're ready and, and everybody's stage is going to be different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, well, listen, I suppose if anybody is interested in accessing any of our services, as always, feel free to jump onto the info line, 1-800-911-250. Jump onto the email, uh, sorry, jump onto the website, ncbi.ie. Um, all our episodes of the podcast are available on podcasting platforms or subscribe to YouTube. But for now, I would just like to say a huge thanks to, to Barry and Katie for uh, having a chat with me this evening. And I wish the girls all the best into the future.
Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Ian.